Dear listeners, Sai Ram, welcome to our radio series, Afternoon Satsang. This is a discussion between Radio Sai's Prem and Arvind on different spiritual topics. Every Thursday on Asia Stream, you can enjoy this live conversation. It's from 12.30 p.m. to 2.00 p.m. Indian Standard Time. The topic of today's episode is Satyam Shivam Sundaram. the life story of bhagwan sri satyasai baba and this was first featured as part of thursday live on september 19th 2013 Sairam dear listeners and welcome to another exciting beautiful memorable segment of afternoon satsang and i use these adjectives because today's segment is personally my favorite and i'm sure the favorite for many of our listeners too today's segment is satyam shivam sundaram and i'm arvind from team radio sai being joined as always by prem from team radio sai sairam prem sairam arvind and welcome to all listeners of radio sai to this week's afternoon satsang you know the progress that we have made in covering swami's life it has been quite rapid in the first few years because you know we take chunks of 2 years or 3 years now we have reached 1947 and from 1947 onwards i'm sure it's going to get tougher and tougher in trying to capture all that happened in a single year if someone were to ask us to relate all that happened related to swami and swami's mission and swami's life say in 1973 i'm sure we'll have no idea where to begin where to end so i'm sure prem will agree with me that from now on when we go ahead with swami's life it will not be exactly in chronological order nor will it be as comprehensive as what we have done till 1947 because from 1947 onwards it took a real launch and swami began to operate in dimensions more than one with even greater intensity and on a even larger scale so it becomes relatively very difficult to be comprehensive and intense at the same time and i think that's also because not everybody had that idea that this is something historical they being part of mm. most of these things which we are narrating now i think have been chronicled in hindsight correct after seeing swami become so popular and after seeing swami reveal his true nature to the world at large people went back and started documenting the beautiful time they spent with swami but i think many of them would have just it would have been one of the events which happened in their life and that also is a cause for uh, mix up in the history and the order of events in fact the early life that we are dealing with just to let our listeners know is mostly drawn from satyam shyam sundaram from the book anyatha sharanam nasti from the book lokanath sai from the other two books by balapatta bhi and from this uh, monumental work that love is my form that we said about so these are about maybe 5 6 books from which we are gleaning all stories and trying to construct a timeline i wonder prem for every single book that has been written how many more books that could have been written potentially but have not been written are there i'm sure it is no way comprehensive but this is all that we have and let's be grateful to swami for this 
and let's dive into 1947 the year 1947 in the indian calendar is filled with great national significance because you know it was on the 15th of august in that year that 200 years of colonialism ended in india and india became a free nation but the year 1947 also has a lot of significance for puttaparthi and the satyasai avatar if we may see it that way because so many changes happened so many maiden ventures came about in this year these ventures were to find fruition in the years to come so many things started for example the shivaratri celebrations the dasara celebrations the birthday celebrations as we know now that apart you know so many changes happened in puttaparthi for example first road was now laid to puttaparthi it was during 1947 that the transport commissioner of the erstwhile madras state shri hanumant rao he made a visit to puttaparthi mm-hmm. and you know swami himself accompanied him in doing his survey around the villages as to how a road can be made to puttaparthi and the road would be coming through brahmanampalli you know the road that we have today is the main road and we have a side road a small road which goes via brahmanapalli in those days that was the main road and that was the first road to be constructed so the road to puttaparthi came via brahmanapalli in fact swami accompanied hanumantarao to the survey and they both had <laughs> lunch in a small wayside hotel at brahmanapalli you no know, quite typically the scriptures <laughs> actually describe ha huh? that the role of the avatar the main roles in avatar comes to play is to lay the path to divinity which man has found and here was swami literally doing that because he was surveying the place following the road that was leading to him in fact you know i remember one quote that swami used to often make when people used to complain to him that swami is neglecting them you know the cold treatment that we call mm-hmm. when swami doesn't speak to you and does not notice you those times swami used to say that when a highway is undergoing a repair you take a detour not because you don't want to use the highway but you don't want to hinder the repair works that are going on so that the repair works go on smoothly and finish fast so that the road becomes usable for you again in order to do that you take a painful detour so swami used to often say that you know i have come to repair this highway leading man to god and so therefore at some times when that highway needs repair i will take a detour meaning i will ignore you i will give you the cold treatment but remember that it is as difficult for me as it is for you because i am choosing the tougher path but it's only so that the repair works can proceed faster and you can improve faster so that you become fit for me to interact with you again interesting i remember what swami told one of the students once mm-hmm. about this very same thing when swami starts ignoring him mm-hmm. swami said you should be happy when i ignore you physically because that's when i think more of you swami said Oh. And Swami was explaining. See, if I want to avoid you, when I'm coming for darshan from far, I will I'll search where you are sitting. Mm. And so be- before you notice, I've already seen that you're sitting there. So I'm already looking for you. So already you're in my mind. So till I go past you, I'm thinking, no, I should not look at this boy. I should not look <laughs> at this boy. So all the more I'm thinking about you. So you it is it is a natural thing also. You know, when when you want to remember something, you often forget it, right? Right. You that is why you say that you know I have to remember this I have to remember this. But when you say that you know I want to forget this part in my life, it's so difficult to forget. In fact, I remember a story in which a doctor tells a king 
who is bald mm-hmm. the king says i want hair and the doctor knows that there is no hope for the king to get hair but he dare not say it to the king because the king will punish him so he gives him a herb and says apply this to your head but keep in mind that whenever you apply this herb to your head you should not think about camels because then it will not work needless to say the king was never able to do that you know whenever he would take that herb to apply onto his head the camel would come into his <laughs> mind this is a kannada folk story mm-hmm. which shows that if you think that it is difficult to remember something it's more difficult to forget something so too when swami is avoiding you actually as swami said it is his way of showering more grace and more attention on you Talking getting back to the story apart from that there were other changes that also took place you know mm-hmm. for example the railway station at penukonda in 1947 got its first waiting room so okay. this was like a big achievement to have its own waiting room where people can wait mm-hmm. in the luxury of a roof over the head right. i think many of the devotees explain that they land in penukonda in the hostile time of the hours, night another three hours yes and then early in the morning they get the they have to take a, a, a horse drawn cart to the bus stand right in fact you know another improvement that took place was the number of horse carts had nearly doubled <laughs> in those days itself people i think began to you know find a commercial exploitation of swami's godhood divinity you know more number of horse carts had been added to ply people between the penukonda railway station and penukonda bus stand from where they could catch a bus to bukapatnam and even the bus service to bukapatnam had been made reliable mm-hmm. you know there were timings okay so it was a great joy for the devotees that they had actual timings for buses that mm-hmm. if you landed this time the bus starts at this time before that it was very ad hoc and random mm-hmm. whenever the bus comes you get into it so these were really major improvements compared to the existing conditions of those times that you had a reliable and regular bus service you had the railway station with a waiting room mm-hmm. so a lot of improvements took place in 1947 and in 1947 just as things became very very easy for people to come to puttaparthi it seemed as if it became very easy for swami to go out of puttaparthi as well because 1947 is filled with tours and travels and tours and travels mainly in tamil nadu andhra pradesh and parts of karnataka and you know this phase which you explained in 1947 it was very important in the sense for the devotees because this was the time when literally swami was drawing his own people to himself mm. and it was a time when he was gathering his people okay because I, you know the kind of uh, letters which swami wrote then the kind of things which swami did by going to people's houses and swami would visit their mango groves and go to their factories to meet the people working in the factories Hmm. I think there's an account in 1947. Swami goes to a sandalwood oil factory. Oh yes, correct. And sits and has a satsang with the workers over there, hmm. nearby Madras. Right. It just takes me back to that padyam which Swami used to chant hmm. or recite about his avatar wood, describing hmm. what he has come to do. Hmm. And I'd like to play that. Uh, it's a musical rendition of that padyam which Swami used to sing, because this exactly describes what Swami was doing in this period. and maybe we'll continue after we listen to this wonderful piece sure ananda balude ananda balude tanavari gurtim patarali vachcha aram 
and you know what uh, the beauty with which swami is explaining the idea of avatarhood mm-hmm. swami is saying ananda balude ananda balude meaning that that nanda bala has come has this ananda bala the child of bliss yes. and swami is saying ananda balude ananda balude tanavari gurtim patarali vache he has come to recognize those who belong to him mm. he has come to gather those who are his own people and that ramachandra has come aramachandra with a lot of leisure he is you know he, there is no hurry for him and that is what swami is doing here he is literally the time for everything if you see uh, the way swami interacted with these early devotees literally you almost feel like asking swami swami what are you doing in your avatarhood <laughs> i mean you are you are like almost uh, wasting the avatarhood by doing such for example in 1947 swami visited the kuppam family mm-hmm. he went all the way to kuppam actually though they are called the kuppam family they were not exactly from kuppam they were about you know 5 right. kilometers away from kuppam in vasanadu. a place called vasanadu yes right. so swami visited vasanadu imagine vasanadu was a tiny village and they say that it had about 10 to 15 houses <laughs> that's all and swami went to this place okay to vasanadu what can they do you know now when swami visited either bombay or shimla you know i am saying bombay shimla because i got the chance to see the kind of welcome that swami was given in mumbai shimla and delhi you know an entourage of people a huge uh, convoy of vehicles and all kind you know songs and flowers and everything possible to welcome swami but in those days you know it was so simple naturally so there were a group of 10 people who came to welcome swami into vasanadu they put a garland of lotus flowers and swami walked in and swami said that he would like to take rest so swami was allotted a small room in which swami took rest after that in the evening you know what swami did he walks out with the children of the family and goes into the orchard and he teaches children how to climb trees <laughs> and then he climbs the mango trees plucks mangoes for them and throws and when they are not able to catch he chides them he teaches them how to catch mangoes what he is throwing from the top of the tree and then you know the children wanted to play 
so swami taught them how to make a swing you know so with ropes the children and swami together tie a swing from the branch of the trees and they take turns swinging on it till late in the evening at night and while swami is doing all this the elders you know they are all overwhelmed because all said and done it's their lord so they are preparing a kind of palanquin and it is said that there are even photographs of this that they prepared an om palanquin <laughs> you know the sanskrit word om right that was the backdrop and it was decked completely in flowers and a palanquin was made so after swami returns from his games with the children you know in the evening they took him for a procession around in this village which was barely about 15 houses but swami showered everyone with love grace gave them chance to do pada puja everything i mean just see this is literally what that poem says ar ramachandrude aramachandrude so much leisure such beautiful chances to these devotees that is how swami spent i mean his time so i can totally relate with the second line of the poem as you said ar ramachandrude aramachandrude and the yeah. fact that he had come to gather the people you know one of the letters which swami writes to mr tirumal rao you have spoken so much about him one of the yes. people who were instrumental in the pathamandir being built uh, mm. built you know in one of the letters which swami writes to him swami tells him that dashara is coming and a lot of crowd is expected during dashara and i know that you don't like too much of crowd and congestion and all that i would suggest that you come this weekend and spend some time in uh, mandir there'll mm. be lesser crowd and swami says that i know that you don't have a car for conveyance mm. you know there are a few people here in the ashram right now who have a car so swami tells him you can board at this station and you can get down at this station i will send a car to pick you up from there mm. and i promise you that when you want to go back i will provide a car to drop you in the same station and uh, you know swami goes on to tell that i hope you will not disappoint me and because at least i've taken this effort to write this letter to me you will take this invitation and come here wow and looking forward to meet you It looking was, forward to meet you right. oh my god yeah huh. <laughs> and you know that's what swami was doing he was pulling people and so endearingly drawing them to himself in fact when you speak about how swami drew people to himself in 1947 the dasara celebrations were one of the grandest that puttaparthi had ever seen till then so during that as you stated the case with uh, Right, Tirumal Rao. Tirumal Rao. Swami had also invited others. Mm-hmm. You know, one was Mr. Balapattabi. Okay. So Swami had invited him, and he said, "Swami, my mother also would like to accompany me." Swami said, "Yes, get your mother along." But you know, his mother was aged, and she needed some kind of material comforts. Mm-hmm. So Swami had assured Balapattabi that, "Don't worry, I will make all the necessary arrangements." In fact, Swami reserved a tent. You know those days when people came in large numbers there was no way to accommodate them in fact next to swami's pathamandiram currently we see the kalyana mandapam but at that time there was no kalyana mandapam so a structure with wooden uh, supports and a zinc corrugated roof had been constructed right. you know by different people at right. that I time contributed in 1947 dashara was the first time swami some devotees got army tents from bangalore Exactly. And set it up for the festival. Correct. Facilitated people. So, uh, so yes, one of such tents, Swami had put it bang opposite to the Path Mandir, mm-hmm. and he had reserved it for Balapattabi's mother, mother. You know, so that was oh, the plan. <laughs> so this had been informed to him also. So when Balapattabi arrived with his mother, he told his mother to stand in front of the tent, kept all the luggage there, 
some of the luggage and the rest of the luggage you know that time the road had not yet been constructed so it was the same route so he went back to fetch the other luggage now in the meanwhile what happened was as we will come to this later the dasara celebration this was in the middle of the dasara celebrations so the procession had already started so everybody went into the procession in the meanwhile mm-hmm. a jeweler who arrived from bangalore he saw that this tent had not yet been occupied so he went and occupied it not caring for the old lady who was standing outside mm-hmm. she was just waiting out of courtesy for her son to come but in the meanwhile he occupied it put all his luggage everything and ran to have a look at the procession that was on okay we will come to the procession later mm-hmm. how it happened what it was but then balapata becomes now they are very they are not those types who will go and throw the luggage out and occupy themselves so they kept their luggage and kept waiting outside the tent and when the procession passed by they had the darshan of swami after that the jeweler returns again he doesn't bother about these two he goes in and when he goes in on his luggage there's a snake and he's so scared he comes running out of the tent saying that there's a snake there's a snake he goes back he doesn't know how to take his luggage out because the snake is sitting right on top it's a cobra and he's very scared in the meanwhile a messenger comes to this jeweler and says you know that swami is calling you baba has summoned you so he rushes and so imagine prem again so beautiful it is baba's mandir is just about 10 meters away and any time you want you can go and have his darshan he's just there right there and baba summoning you is is just like you know your mother or father summoning you you can go and meet them any time such was the proximity that these people enjoyed so he rushes and swami is there and swami tells him what you thought that the tent is your luxury room as you have in your place it has been reserved for balapattabi's mother who is sick so you occupied it and made her stay out didn't even bother for her and then swami told that since you did like that to the woman who is suffering i had to appear there in the form of a snake to scare you out i went there as a snake <laughs> in order to show you that this does not belong to you now go that there's no snake over there take your luggage and vacate the place i shall give you some other spot but that spot is reserved for balapattabi and his mother and so you know i was reminded of this incident because you said swami personally he spent so much of time interacting making every devotee's problem into his own problem giving it so much of importance so much so that the devotee got overwhelmed who will not be overwhelmed when the person whom everybody is worshiping as god is giving you so much personal attention and doing things for you so that went on and that was how swami gave a room to balapattabai's mother during the dasara celebrations right maybe before we come back to the dasara celebrations that is one of the important episodes in this period hmm. talking of balapattabai he seems to be a quite a popular character in this period because many times mention is made in fact when swami traveled to udumalpet mm. which is the place from where balapattabai hails mm. i think that was the first place where they had an elephant procession for swami oh so swami was taken around on an elephant with two elephants as uh, holding the the umbrella oh. you know, a three elephant procession was taken for swami I you know I remember reading about Swami visiting Udumalpet. Right. Swami actually went to Udumalpet from Karur. Right. And Karur is very historic because it is probably the first time in Swami's life that he gave a public discourse. Right. And that happened in Karur and from Karur to Udumalpet Swami went along with Balapattabai and his driver Balapattabai's right. driver. Right. I was not aware of this grand elephant procession. Right. 
बट वी विल कम टू अगेन दिस करूर डिस्कोर्स आफ्टर द दसरा सेलिब्रेशन अगेन हिस्टोरिक थिंग यस एंड बिफोर द दशरा स्वामी of course he started traveling to machlipatnam way back in 1945 correct but i think in that trip which he made in 1947 mm-hmm. before dashara there were some historic events which happened oh yes i right? think we should relive uh, those right i think that is where one uh, when swami was traveling to machlipatnam he was mm-hmm. being escorted by the host and they had planned to stop somewhere and have lunch yes it was a convoy of i think two vans and a car right. or something like that so they had had a huge case which was filled with food mm. so uh, swami had instructed the driver to stop in a place where there was good water source where they could sit and, and have a kind of a picnic sort yes. of a thing <laughs> so they all sit there and they gather and swami tells them to get some dry leaves mm. to serve as plates so everything is got and it's all laid and when they open the case the case is empty there's no, no food, food in it oh my god huh. and one of the people who accompanied swami says that they were so disappointed because they were so hungry they were waiting for that lunch break So I think they must have scolded the host then. Yeah, in fact, Swami joined them, and you know, Swami looked at the host and said, "What have you done? There's no food <laughs> in this, and I'm hungry, and you've not got." Typical and Swami, you know, right? <laughs> see the play with which Swami ha- makes this whole thing happen, huh? and then there's a gust of wind with which the leaves get blown away, which had been right, placed for the dry leaves and all that. And Swami says, "No, no, go and catch the leaves." You know, oh, there's a plate, right? That's the plate. So huh. all of them are scattered around trying to gather, snag, the... gather these leaves, and when they come back. the case which was empty just a few minutes before they went huh. was brimming with food oh wow okay <laughs> and none of them actually saw how swami materialized it whether swami covered it with a lid and then opened it there was food or he just appeared bang over there when they all came back there was food hot food and swami served it to all of them you know this is one of the you know one thing prem i notice in all such episodes i read one more episode where you know swami says there'll be no puja today we had narrated this right. he says there'll be no puja today and so nobody cooks any food and then swami asks where is the food and they all say swami what is this you only said that there is no puja today and no food today you are not having food swami said i said i am not having food but what about others you should not do this there are children they need to be fed so some of them even get angry on swami swami tells them okay you go out sends them out when by the time they come in all the vessels are brimming with food i just feel that you know i don't know if i mentioned this before but swami always gave that scope for the believer to believe and for the doubter to doubt <laughs> you know he could have as well filled the f- food in the vessels in front of everybody but swami sends them so that if anybody wants to doubt he can doubt but any person with even the slightest logic will know that it's not possible that by the time you collect a few leaf plates out of nowhere in the middle of some woods on the road <laughs> swami cannot fill up a vessel with food but swami used to do that i mean i i often wonder when i read why swami didn't you do it directly in their presence or even sometimes when swami does in their presence he covers the vessels with some plate or some leaf taps and then opens <laughs> i mean if you can do it you can as well do it without covering it right no but somehow it looks like swami's life has always been like that where he gives the believer ample reasons to believe and the doubter enough reasons to doubt right exactly i think that's what happens most of the time and in fact you know one of the things swami tells rani subramanyam rani ma we've had a huge series on a very popular one mm-hmm. she was also one of those people who came in the early 40s and they came from as far as from delhi you know <coughs> they get drawn to swami they come here Mm-hmm. And Swami doesn't talk to her for a couple of days, two or three days. Mm-hmm. And after that, when Swami talks to her, Swami calls her aside separately and tells her that 
I know you're finding it very difficult to accept me as God. Mm-hmm. So she feels very embarrassed when Swami confronts her this way, mm-hmm. and uh, you know she doesn't know what to say. Swami is saying it's fine, and Swami is going on to tell her that see, if somebody who looks just like you, who's in a human body just like yours, comes and tells you I'm God, how can you accept it? Mm-hmm. You know, Swami is arguing from her point of view. You know, <laughs> against how, himself. Right? How can yeah. you accept if somebody like you comes and tells you that he's God? Mm-hmm. I think it's obvious you cannot accept it, and you should not accept it. Mm-hmm. Then Swami tells her that you go back home. and when you're back home you test me hmm give me whatever test you feel is appropriate and if i prove that i'm god then you hold on to me and then swami says don't test me after that because after that his testing phase starts i think yes <laughs> first the devotee tests the lord then the lord tests the devotee right and you know that is one thing i feel we should always keep in mind because often the mind is such that doubts plague us different uh, thoughts come and it's a monkey mind after all so at such times we should go back to those experiences which actually convinced us of swami's divinity and keep that in mind see swami says you can test me but swami says after testing me having been convinced don't test me again after that i find it so logical again because there's a story you know in the jataka tales mm-hmm. few monkeys decided to plant a garden and the farmer teaches them how to do it also they plant a garden but after one month none of the plants are coming up so the farmer says what happened whatever i have taught you is the right way if you do it that way you should get a garden by now then he comes to know that the monkeys every day dig up to see if the roots are being thrown out by the seeds and if the plant is growing and by this process of digging up every day to check they are not giving the seed any chances to grow itself so also the seed of faith that has been planted in our heart if we want it to grow we should not keep digging it out every time and testing it after some time that is what is faith about you know you just have the confidence that i just need to water it with my love the roots are growing though i cannot see them right you know talking of this very same thing one person uh, puts it this way very beautifully mm-hmm. he says a little child wants to cross the road mm-hmm. okay so it's wondering how to cross because it's a heavy traffic ridden road mm-hmm. so there one person comes by the little child goes up to him and says uncle can you help me cross the road mm-hmm. and the person says yeah hold on to my finger i'll take you so how do you usually cross a road which is very broad and which is having intermittent traffic now you take a step forward then you stop you look to the left you look to the to right, left, right huh. and again you go middle of the road you suddenly see a vehicle coming you stop you take shelter on that right. divider in the middle so this child is saying i want to cross the road why is this man stopping taking a step back sometimes taking a step to the right sometimes taking a step to yeah. the left and then going forward and then stopping then coming back you know you have taken refuge in this person to take you across the road so don't think that why is he stopping why is he not going why is he moving now why is he not moving just hold on to his finger he will take you across the road Hmm. And you know he says that we do something even more stupid. For some time we hold this uncle's hand. For some other time we go and hold some other uncle's hand. Okay. And in the process we stay on the same side of the road. We never cross the road changing at all. Changing gurus, changing gods. Right. But this is what Swami was telling. You know, hold on to me after your period of reasoning. But once you hold on to me, don't keep questioning your move every now and then. We started with this food. How Swami used to give scope for the doubter. I think those are. the lord tests right the lord tests to see whether the devotees are indeed devotees because when we have the right to see if our god is indeed god 
आई फील द लॉर्ड ऑल्सो हैज हिज राइट टू सी इफ हिज डिवोटीज आर इंडी डिवोटीज और जस्ट पीपल हु हैव बीन अट्रैक्टेड एंड हु कैन बी रिपेल्ड अवे इन द सेम मैनर कमिंग बैक टू द स्टोरी नाइनटीन फोर्टी सेवन एज वी सेड अर्लियर वन ऑफ द मोस्ट इंपॉर्टेंट थिंग्स दैट हैपन्ड वॉज द दसरा सेलिब्रेशंस एंड द दसरा फेस्टिवल वॉज अ रियल ग्रैंड स्पेक्टिकल In fact, you know the previous year, Swami, we discussed how he had seen the Dasara being celebrated in Mysore, mm-hmm. and he was so impressed with it. So the devotees also felt that you know such a thing should be replicated. In fact, people say that the lights that we see in Kulwant Hall, that is so beautiful, so well lit, such a illumination. You know, it has been inspired by the illumination that Swami saw on the Mysore Palace, and said that I too will have something like this. <laughs> so a lot of inspiration was drawn from the mysore dasara but for this dasara you know on the first day there was a procession mm-hmm. well there was a procession on every day and for each day they tried to make a different kind of vehicle to carry swami okay on one day there was a palanquin the om palanquin which we spoke about in vasanadu right. it was replicated for dasara as well because swami apparently liked it so much and people also liked the idea of seeing their lord in front of the primeval sound so then there was the om palanquin then for one day again all these photographs are there it's wonderful to see the pictures they had made a palanquin shaped like a celestial swan mm-hmm. swan and all flowers on the swan decked with flowers and swami would be taken around in that one day they made a chariot so for all the nine days of the festival they had different different vehicles to take swami in a procession and the procession formed one of the most important events of the dasara celebration and for each day swami would wear different robes if we see the description it's simply amazing imagine swami wore a violet robe <laughs> swami wore a light pink robe swami wore a sky blue robe swami wore a green robe the sad thing is all the photographs of those that <laughs> period are black and white and all the ro- robes look the same but just imagining that is so amazing i am reminded of the section in chaitanya jyoti have you seen that section right, where right where they try to recreate these kind of palanquins different shapes the swan and the uh, i think that adishesha is there and they have got swami in different in robes in different robes they have a mannequin shape like swami in different colored robes exactly and that section is dedicated to the devis and i think it has been inspired by the first dasara celebrations that were held in prashantilyam i am saying this because many times i have gone through chaitanya jyoti i have often wondered why did they make this room like this you know where swami is in different colored robes and like different devis like katyayini like gayatri like durga they have named mm-hmm. they have named swami after each of those goddesses and it is only after reading this history you know history makes so much sense actually that is why it's also there as a subject in classrooms reading this now that chamber makes so much sense I only wish there was somebody to explain the reason behind why those mannequins have been placed but at least I know it and as much as possible I will propagate it that's what I thought but those mannequins have been inspired by this procession that used to be held during dasara where each day swami would wear robes of different colors and you know because the goddess mother goddess aspect used to be worshiped all the devotees you know what they would do the ladies especially they would want to deck swami like a woman <laughs> and so they would go and offer their jewelry to him of course swami would not accept it so they would tell swami that swami after dasara we will take it back 
but please wear it for dasra and you know i was also surprised reading different accounts you know people have narrated it this is there in uh, anyatha charanam nasti this is there in lokanatha sai you know both the books have descriptions of this dasra of how swami would wear necklaces of diamonds and different things offered to him lovingly by the devotees so that he wears it during the procession <laughs> and swami would also have a veil so he would you know almost look entirely like a woman because there's a veil a veil of a matching color with the robe with all the jewelry decked and invariably this procession would go to four homes mm-hmm. compulsorily ishwaramma the mother venkamma the sister parvatamma the other sister and subamma you know karnam subamma had passed away by then but then the uh, younger karnam kamalamma was there mm-hmm. so it is still called karnam subamma's house so they would go to these houses and in each of these houses they would offer coconuts break coconuts to remove drishti and have aarti and the procession would go on throughout the village so this was one feature of the dasra apart from this there was the kumkumarchana mm-hmm. which goes on even to this day that is uh, chanting the 108 or 1008 names of the devi and with each chant of each name they offer kumkum to the photograph of the devi at that time somebody got pictures of swami and they would offer this kumkum archana all the ladies especially would sit in a group and do this kumkum archana to swami apart from this another major feature during the uh, dasra was the narayan seva a narayan seva where swami himself would serve all the people poor people with food and as always there would be an infinite and inexhaustible supply of food and the, this kind of feeding would go on almost from the morning at around 10 o'clock sometimes even till about 9 or 10 at night mm-hmm. so this was what a typical dasara celebration in those times looked like beautiful it it is always special to worship swami as the mother because somehow we all have our own way we relate to swami but somewhere this motherly aspect is a part of that relationship which we have with swami and uh, this is one of those festivals where we worship swami as the mother and we are when before we go forward we'll take a small break here we'll play a little song a song which actually celebrates swami as the mother himself mm. so let's play that song and we'll continue after that తల్లికి ఉంటుంది ఇంతటి ప్రేమ సాయి మాతకో కాక జీవుల పైన ఏ తల్లికి ఉంటుంది ఇంతటి ప్రేమ సాయి మాతకో కాక జీవుల పైన మరుగా 
There is a beautiful song rendered by two of our colleagues from Radio Sai, Arvind Sai and Anirudh mm. during the occasion of the Sai Sanidhi Day. 8th of September. Yeah. Right. And of course it was first sung in Swami's presence when Swami was on the Jula during his birthday by P. Sushila. I think uh, that was something which is running through the entire narrative. 1947-48, we spoke about how Swami was saving people from the evil spirits and Swami was curing people with diseases. You know, even now with all the advancement in technology and <coughs> Medicare, we have two hospitals here. But still mm-hmm. Swami had to keep continuing to cure people. You can imagine the time 1940s. 
exactly the nearest medical center would have been miles away and for every small thing they had to turn to swami and the role which swami would have played then was see the wonderful thing is when people are sick suppose even people are terribly sick in places like bangalore or madras instead of availing the modern facilities nearby they would rather choose to travel all the way to come to perthi which had no medical facilities because they wanted to come to swami because they knew swami was like their you know dhanvantri who the god of uh, health and god of medicine so it may seem uh, paradoxical but it's very logical for a person who understands faith and love for swami that people came from far off places which had medical facilities better than puttaparthi in order to get themselves healed and cured by swami and in case of devotees who did not do that i'm sure there are many instances where swami himself sent for them and cured them right i think one such story is that of yadalam nagamma we spoken about this yadalam family from bukapatnam mm. you know one of those rare families which not only showed devotion to swami but also were very very kind to those people who came all the way traveling that difficult terrain to mm. meet swami mm. this is one of those families which were not hostile to those devotees who in fact were very hospitable to them so we know how that that blessing swami gave on that family for this kindness they've uh, in know, fact i remember devotees. even as late as 2003 or 2004 i remember swami in bangalore visited the shri satisai samskruta sadanam right this was built by one of the members of the yadalam family yadalam gangadhar shetty he had the privilege of walking behind swami every time swami visited brindavan and maybe this family is one of those rare families in which almost 5 to 6 generations of people in the families have been right devotees of swami so this incident which uh, i wish to narrate here you know this uh, yadalam nagamma mm-hmm. she and her granddaughter about uh, i think 3 uh, year old granddaughter yeah they were traveling to one mudigubba it's quite close to about 30 35 kilometers from puttaparthi puttaparthi yes huh. you know they both were traveling to this place to attend a wedding mm-hmm. and uh, there she met with a a fire accident where oh, the okay. the end of a sari gets burnt you know they used to have this petromax lamps then it used to be that that only source of light even today many of right. our uh, vendors vegetable vendors in india use petromax lamps exactly so her sari gets caught in fire by falling into that petromax lamp and oh. you can imagine she suffers burns she and her granddaughter okay and you know the face starts swelling and the serum starts coming out and eyes get swollen she's not able to see oh so it must have been severe burns yeah, quite severe burns hmm. and after that accident she doesn't want to go back to her village you know fearing the change in her appearance and the repulsive appearance she's got on now so she goes to her mother's place which is i think in kottakota or something a particular village okay kottakota ha huh. so she and her granddaughter go off there and in that place she's living and uh, the rest of the party which returned to bukapatnam after the um, the wedding they go and inform the husband and the children that this is the accident which has happened and she's gone to her mother's place to re- recover from those blisters right. and so immediately her husband starts to that village comes there and uh, she still refuses to come back to bukapatnam so the husband only because she does not want to right, show her because, face you know, she has got so disfigured oh, okay. so then uh, the husband takes the grandchild comes back to 
బుక్కపట్నం ద నెక్స్ట్ డే దిస్ గ్రాండ్ చైల్డ్స్ మదర్ బ్రింగ్స్ దిస్ గ్రాండ్ చైల్డ్ టు స్వామి you know because she is also suffered burn marks she is you know little child with burn marks you going to grow up with that hmm. so she brings the child to swami and before she could come to puttaparthi swami is already describing this whole scene to the people in puttaparthi saying that nagamma met with an accident like this oh, and okay. she is living in her mother's place she doesn't want to come to puttaparthi and saying that the daughter is bringing the granddaughter here just for my uh, clarification let me get it right so right now swami is describing the happenings in puttaparthi while the grandmother is in kottakota right and the mother and the granddaughter that is the mother's daughter they are traveling towards puttaparthi from bukkapatnam right okay huh. and that's when swami is describing the whole scene here hmm and but when they come swami gives them i think swami materializes two rava laddus and gives to the mother and daughter rava laddus okay. oh interesting ha huh. and swami instructs her to send her husband to hmm. kottakota and get her mother tell swami is calling for her Oh, and the grandmother. Right. Okay. Swami is telling that she will not come to Bukkapatnam, so bring her directly here to Puttaparthi. Hmm. So immediately the uh, husband starts to Kota Kota, takes a, a bullock cart and gets her there. And she, her condition is so pathetic. You know, they describe that uh, serum coming out of the wounds is so much that hmm. they use up three dhotis in trying to dry the wound. Oh, that's three how bad dhotis. it is. Oh, but that's like three big towels. Right. Hmm. and uh, eyes are swollen swami is telling you know while giving the description of the injury she is sustained mm-hmm. swami is telling that the eyes have started swelling but the eyes have not lost their sight they are still fine and all that and the whole description swami is giving here so finally they managed to bring this mother to puttaparthi they reach mandir at around 4 pm and interestingly swami doesn't come out to see her and swami mm-hmm. is instructed everybody in the mandir that nobody should be there to receive her saying that she looks very very ugly and you will not be able to you know stand, stand the site oh, okay so he instructs that nobody should be there to receive her so she's brought and she's laid in front of the mandir and covered with a mosquito net because you know you have open wounds and you will have insects coming and feeding on it so she's covered with a mosquito net and she's laid there and swami is attending bhajans after bhajans swami is retired into his room oh swami is God. not coming to see her and they wondering you know what is this and she's lying there with all this <coughs> much later swami comes with the keys for a room Mm. where she can stay and the first thing swami looks at her and says what nagamma you seem to have got some special jewelry from the marriage that you visited what okay. is all this you wearing looking at the mosquito net which is you know placed around her so at that time it would have seemed like a cruel joke right right you know exactly you know anybody would say that how can you mock at somebody who's come with such serious injury mm. but then swami sends word to one of the uh, i think uh, one of the kuppam family ladies who was there asking her to get some food for swami Hmm. Swami tells get some rasam and rice, and Swami himself mixes the rasam and rice along hmm. with the Swami materializes and vibhuti puts it in that, and hmm. mixes this thing and makes yadalam nagamai eat that food. And Swami says, "You have this. I know you've not had food for a long time. You have hmm. this food." Hmm. And Swami tells you take this room keys. You go and stay there till morning. You should not wake up. You know, don't worry about anything. Go to sleep. Hmm. And at four o'clock, she just wakes up without anybody waking her up, without any noise. and when she comes out everybody is shocked hmm. because she is absolutely transformed to her normal self oh my god there is wow. no trace of that the burn, burn mark she has had hmm. and they say that the only sign which was left was that you know hands had that white pigmentation mark when you have fresh skin in the growing correct correct but huh. nowhere else they could have any sign of that she's been through an accident like this and hmm. you know even that white patches on her fingers much later when she told swami that swami whenever i serve water or give something to people 
some people look at my hand and feel that you know something weird has happened hmm. so swami mithilaj vibhuti gave it to her and said apply it on your hand and with time even that vanished wow often times we can actually relate with this episode in our own lives because so many times we feel that when we need it the most the lord is not responding in this experience that you narrated swami is all the while been thinking of the devotee but for some reason unknown to anybody else except to the lord when she actually arrives there swami has ignored her for so many hours you know i am reminded of another very similar incident this happened to one certain swarnamma mm-hmm. she was from bangalore she was suffering from a terrible skin disease which was causing her skin to crack from the palm the skin on the elbow was cracking almost till the ankle and knees okay all the skin was cracking up and it was very painful it was unbearable for her she decided to come to puttaparthi and see swami pray to swami her lord she was a devotee by then so she comes to puttaparthi and she is accommodated in a small hut adjacent to the mandir the next morning she had her bath got ready went for the bhajans and imagine in those days a crowd was about like 40 or 50 people that's all so it is so easy to actually get swami's attention but try hard as she might she was not able to get swami's attention she was not able to communicate with swami she was never able to get an audience with swami to communicate her problem with swami okay and 3 days passed like this after which she got so frustrated she felt what is this i came here thinking swami is my refuge and now swami is not bothering about me so she went back to the hut packed up things and she was ready to leave when she is ready to leave somebody comes and says that baba is calling so she goes rushing to swami and swami asks her are you angry with me you are leaving and then you know she is like flustered what does she say that all the while i have been trying to talk to you you are not looking at me and now you are asking me whether i am angry and i am leaving so swami doesn't even wait for her to answer he immediately you know waves his hand and materializes an ointment he tells her that you apply this ointment to these part i know what you have come for i know everything you don't worry and he gives her this ointment you know she applied this ointment and she saw that her skin was absorbing this ointment <laughs> and just like the case of nagamma that you narrated the next day morning there was no trace of any crack her skin was radiant and beautiful she just had tears of gratitude for swami she didn't know what to speak swami just smiled and blessed her and said be happy you know these incidents they show us that many times in life we feel that swami is ignoring us when we need it the most when we think that there is no other refuge anyatha sharanam nasti other than you there is no other refuge for us and when we come to him he's turning his back on to us he's ignoring us why swami why at this time you gave me attention when i had small small things now when this is the greatest problem that is striking me why are you not giving me attention i think at that time we should remember these incidents and remind ourselves that you know god has a plan and he knows everything here also to swarnamma swami said i know swarnamma i know your problem i know what you have come here for that was the experience even of my grand uncle mm-hmm. my father's eldest brother when he came to puttaparthi the first time he visited puttaparthi in the 60s was in order to tell swami that swami i have been transferred from bangalore i don't want to leave bangalore and after a few days he got his interview and the first statement that swami made to him in the interview room was 
you will not be leaving bangalore all your life you will be in bangalore <laughs> now tell me if there is anything that you want to ask from me my uncle was just dumbstruck what does he ask the only thing that he wanted to ask swami already said you know that was in 1963 prem and today we are 2013 my uncle still is in bangalore <laughs> he has never shifted out of bangalore even for a week or a month no transfers ever came his way that is the word of the lord you know so swami knows everything and in spite of that if swami is making us wait it must be for a reason we may not understand the reason but just because we don't understand the reason let us not go to the extent of not understanding swami let us understand that swami is the most loving and he will always be there to help us and to guide us we just have to trust him and hold on to him once we have tested him and trusted him continue to trust him and not be like that monkey that digs to check the roots you know reminded of another beautiful story that one somebody was sharing mm. it's like a little child is taken to a dentist she's having an appointment with the dentist and imagine a small child goes into a dentist clinic the kind of implements she sees this guy is coming with a huge drill he's having <laughs> a hammer in his hand i'm reminded of ogden nash's famous right, po- right exactly <laughs> a poem on um, this exact dentist right? in fact i remember three lines he says some pains in life are physical while some are mental so but okay. one that is both is dental dental right exactly <laughs> you know imagine a little child is going and she sees these drills and saws and hammers in the hands of this man who's coming so menacingly towards her mm. and she looks at her mother who has brought her to the you know the dentist clinic and she's very calm mm. so what does this child think that the same mother who when i fell yesterday was so perturbed by the injury which i sustained is now so you know stoic when she seeing that this man is coming with me with all these implements so she thinks that if this is going to harm me my mother will not be silent like this mm. because i know the compassion of my mother and right. i know how she came running to me when i had an injury so mm. if she is letting this happen to me then this cannot be something which is harmful wow he says if we can look at god that way and know that the same god who did not resist coming to me when i needed him if he is keeping away from me then this must be for my good beautiful beautiful lesson in their prem but you know often times like the humans that we are we keep making this mistake and that's why even though he is doing everything for our good and we misunderstand him in fact even criticize him swami doesn't mind he continues to shower his love I am reminded of that beautiful letter that you read out to me recently of what Swami wrote to a devotee uh, almost apologizing and explaining why he could not do something I mean there's no need for God to do such things but yet he does out of his ultimate compassion and karuna and you know that word karuna has no translation in English but that kind of divine motherly love and compassion I think you should re-narrate that beautiful letter that swami wrote definitely you know this was again written to the same devotee tirmal rao hmm. one of the letters written to him this person as you as we have mentioned before he comes from bangalore hmm. so invariably whenever swami went to bangalore he would definitely visit hmm. uh, mr tirmal rao so this was one of the trips when swami went to bangalore and could not visit him okay so this letter was in apology for <laughs> you know having not visited him hmm Swami was writing about a little child called Sulochana. Mm. And Swami writes that this girl fell ill in the middle of the night and they had to rush her to Bangalore mm. to admit her in a hospital. Swami says that 
at around 11 o'clock we started from puttaparthi mm. and we went to bangalore we reached there at 1 o'clock in the night mm. admitted her in the hospital and then swami says i came to know that one of the devotees in mysore their daughter was about to die okay and her only wish was to see swami before she passes away okay so swami says that i didn't even have time for food i started at 1:30 from bangalore and drove to mysore and reached there early in the morning and blessed this child who was going through her last moments so in the middle of the night he start from puttaparthi to bangalore and then bangalore to mysore mysore you know recently i did this trip prem mm-hmm. so it takes about 7 hours even now with highways and modern cars right. top speed it took almost 7 hours to drive from puttaparthi to bangalore and bangalore to mysore absolutely so here you know swami is telling that i went to mysore then from mysore i went to kunur hmm. and in kunur i think swami spent about 2 or 3 days kunur is a town which is closer to uti mm-hmm. so then swami said then i got a telegram saying that mm-hmm. 200 300 people have landed in puttaparthi and they waiting for you okay so <laughs> then swami starts from kunur in the mm-hmm. middle of the night then swami explains that i drove to bangalore only to pick up my pressed robes oh, from God. the devotee's house mm-hmm. imagine i think those days devotees used to get swami's robes to bangalore to get them dry cleaned dry and, cleaned and pressed mm. so swami said i came to bangalore one particular devotee's house at 12 in the night mm. just to pick up my robes then drove to another devotee's house to pick up photographs from there mm. and then i came so you know because of this tight schedule i had i couldn't stop to meet you though mm. i came through bangalore and i hope you understand and that's the letter swami writes and you know there's a another interesting thing which happens here mm. No imagine Swami is in Mysore and he gets a telegram saying that 200 devotees are waiting for you. Hmm. And Swami is saying oh 200 devotees have come and I have to go to Return Puttaparthi. Return to Puttaparthi ha. In the meanwhile in Puttaparthi one of the people who are there as part of that 200 300 people is Lokanath Mudalyar whom we have spoken about. Okay that uh, Gindi temple. Gindi temple. Hmm. Hmm. And you know he has an interesting account in red. Hmm. He gets malaria fever staying in Puttaparthi. Okay. Okay and he gets very high temperatures and they don't know what to do again. no doctors around hmm. no medical facility and no swami also around no. and no swami also around hmm. and in the middle of the night hmm. in puttaparthi swami appears and gives him vibhuti and brings his fever down okay and by morning he is fine ha huh. okay and then swami is reaching in the car and swami stops at kannad nagipalli where all the other devotees this 200 or devotees have come to receive yeah, swami you have to we have to get down and walk right, back just across huh. chitravati hmm and after landing there swami saying where is mudalyar i have already cured him why did he come to receive me you know oh. this swami who could appear in puttaparthi to cure mudalyar sees it necessary to drive all the way to mysore to see that little girl and then decides it's necessary to drive all the way to bangalore to pick up his clothes and then drive all the way to puttaparthi swami is inexplicable you just have is, to enjoy and that him. is that is why you know his life is his message he could do all this but he chose not to do if we can say you know that divine powers he used those divine powers only for others never for himself the other day i remember somebody was narrating about how swami you know used to sit every day and write the vahinis the articles in sanatan sarthi which later have been compiled into the different vahinis prashnotra vahini prema vahini dharma vahini dhyana vahini so apparently one day you know when uh, kasturi garu and another person they went into the interview room you know they went to remind swami that swami your article is due well, actually, you have not it kasturi went to remind swami when swami was talking to gandikoti subarao okay 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 yes the person yeah you, you right. please continue that yeah 
Yeah, actually, Swami was uh, with Gandhi Koti Subarao, and Swami was explaining some Upanishad, hmm. which he was reading, hmm. and he had not told Swami that I'm reading his Upanishad. Hmm. On his own, Swami started a discourse and was explaining that particular Upanishad, and he was really surprised. Hmm. And in the middle of this, Kasturi comes and is reminding Swami that Swami, this particular series is going on. We are awaiting your article, hmm. and that's when Swami waves his hand hmm. and materializes the article for the month. Okay, and gives it to Kasturi. Hmm. Yes. So you see. with the wave of his hand swami could materialize and yet when we read accounts even when swami went to africa he used to have such a tight schedule you know almost from 5 am till about 11 pm his time was occupied with giving darshan attending programs and meeting people dignitaries such was his tight schedule but even then in the night after 11 pm before 5 am swami would sit up to write articles which were you know due from him you know it often makes us wonder this person you know he can just wave his hand and materialize it and yet he chooses not to take the easy way and everywhere the beautiful lesson even when swami was in prashantinilayam hmm. you can imagine in, in the 50s and 60s if swami traveled so much hmm. as the devotee circle was growing swami was traveling even more in the 60s when swami was writing these articles hmm. there are accounts when swami would sit up late in the night hmm. in his room in the mandir hmm. but if he were to switch on the light Mm. then the devotees will know that swami is awake and they would not go to sleep mm. they would come and stand next to the window hoping that swami might come out correct so swami would go into the bathroom switch mm. on the light there sit and write the vaini is there wow and all this is done so naturally it is not done as a show it is not done like here it is this is how you should focus on me i am the ideal swami did it naturally and that is why i feel even in the case that you mentioned when it comes to making life easier for him he never used any of the powers he himself traveled painstakingly traveled from puttaparthi to bangalore bangalore to mysore in the middle of the night but when it came to easing the devotees pain in an instant swami uses the divine power i am reminded of one beautiful um, you know song hindi song that anup jalota ji has sung and it goes like prabal prem ke paale padkar प्रभु को नियम बदलते देखा मीन्स वेन एवर आई रीड स्टोरीज ऑफ इंटेंस लव आई सी वेयर द लॉर्ड इज चेंजिंग द रूल्स ऑफ द गेम एंड द नेक्स्ट लाइन इज अपना मान टले टल जाए पर भक्त का मान न टलते देखा मीन्स इट सेज दैट द लॉर्ड इज रेडी टू सेक्रीफाइस हिज ओन सेल्फ एस्टीम हिज ओन सेल्फ रेस्पेक्ट बट ही विल नेवर अलाउ अ डिवोटी सेल्फ रेस्पेक्ट टू गो डाउन ही ऑलवेज अपहोल्ड दैट and that i feel we can extrapolate even to this he will himself undergo any suffering and pain but he will never allow the devotee to undergo suffering and pain and if at all we start saying that but you know this person is suffering this person is suffering then like how we discussed the story of nagalakshmi or swarnamma those are examples where for some reason swami is aware and yet he is allowing it because it is good for the devotee right And you were talking of that letter where Swami is mentioning that little girl Sulochana. I think you should tell us something about that girl. It Why Swami took that pains of traveling with her to Bangalore when Swami had to admit her in the hospital? That is really true because even you know every act of Swami is such an act of grace, love, and an example for all of us. The Sulochana that Swami mentions in that letter is actually the daughter of Ranjot Singh. Mm-hmm. Ranjot Singh was in the police force when he came to Swami. 
and by 1947 he had become the inspector general for bangalore okay. that's quite a high position mm-hmm. and in fact uh, the silver shirdi baba idol that swami used to do vibhuti abhishek abhishekam to right. that was given by ranjot singh oh okay and in fact it was ranjot singh who offered the first ever silver throne to swami right is that the same silver throne where swami says that let uh, subaraju come in exactly we had uh, spoken we had about it you know when swami as a child in kamlapuram is sitting on a rocking chair his subaraju's brother in law subaraju yes subaraju comes and tells him don't sit here and swami tells him that a time will come when i will sit on a silver throne you will be the one who will clean that throne and yes so when actually ranjot singh offered him a silver throne during the dasara swami did not use it till his birthday in okay. 1947 and before the birthday the throne was unveiled by none other than subaraju and it was subaraju who later with tears of repentance recollected the prophetic word swami had made almost a decade before <laughs> so yes so coming back to the daughter sulochana now she had an abdominal disorder Okay. And she had undergone an operation to deal with the problem. And nothing seemed to be helping her so she wanted to come and meet Swami. But the doctors advised her against it. Said don't go to Swami. Mm-hmm. But she was firm in her faith because nothing that medical science had to offer was helping her at all. So she came to Swami and Swami would materialize you know some roots, some herbs and make them into paste, mix them in water and give her the solution to drink. Okay. So though she was not cured whatever Swami was doing no was helping her she was feeling better and she used to be happy comfortable but then you know Swami always used to say that the sulochana she has a very sensitive spiritual inclination towards Swami mm-hmm. and there is a purpose for her life and she is almost completed all her karmas okay so in fact Swami apart from giving her these medicines used to always speak words of wisdom with her and stay by her side mm-hmm. finally so you know it was somewhere after dasara that swami received the message that sulochana was seriously ill she was not eating anything at all now the doctors everyone had raised their hands given up swami comes and you know what swami does is so amazing swami tells her your favorite dish is masala dosa right masala dosa is one of you know south india's delicacies right. delicacies awesome and almost everybody loves it and swami materializes a masala dosa for her <laughs> and tells her to eat it and to everyone's utter amazement sulochana eats the masala dosa though she has not had anything for the last few days she eats the masala dosa and she has a smile on her face and then swami materializes silver padukas small ones and tells her to keep it under her pillow at night so everybody feels that you know oh with this now she is going to recover and it is from here that swami went to karur we were speaking about that historic okay. discourse so swami leaves to karur and the padukas are kept under her pillow it was indeed great fortune for sulochana but not in the way her family thought because that night she breathed her last and in fact in karur to his host swami mentions that you know sulochana has reached me Swami tells it not to his host. I mean, Swami tells it to Sakama. Okay. Swami tells Sakama that you know Sulochana has reached me, even before any telegram or anything is has reached Swami that Sulochana has passed away. Swami tells this, and after that only the telegram comes that Sulochana has passed away. And an amazing thing that happens in the telegram is also the message that when they picked up Sulochana's body, 
under the pillow those padukas were no longer there and mm-hmm. swami said that they have served their purpose you know it was symbolic of she attaining the lotus feet of the lord sulochana had one dear friend called jayalakshmi okay who at this time you know had been out of the country she had been abroad to complete her higher studies and her doctorate so when she returned she was heartbroken completely she was sitting in front of swami during one bhajan and she was weeping missing her dear friend swami smiled at her and with that smile she could see sulochana standing above swami you know above swami's head she could see sulochana smiling as if reassuring and comforting her that i am fine don't weep for me celebrate for me because i am in a very beautiful place and with that dr jayalakshmi was consoled so you know everything that swami does is for the good of his devotees for the welfare of the devotees because as swami would often say in many of his discourses from the hair tip till the tip of his toe it is only selflessness selflessness love and love and that is what our lord is love is his form truth is his breath so indeed blessed are we i think that we will reserve the visit to karur for our next afternoon satsang because you know that begins a completely different uh, chapter Era. in swami's life mm. swami mm. gives his first discourse and how beautiful you know i'm tempted to give a sneak preview one of mm. the first thing swami speaks in the discourse is about his life his childhood wow because after all his life is his message and you know everything else is our interpretation and from our understanding we try to interpret swami's words but the purest form of his message is the life that he led and that was there for all of us to see and our combinedly the knowledge which we all have is that message which swami has come to give and it is indeed a pleasure and joy and our blessing to go through this life swarvind so maybe we as you said reserve karur and the events that happened in karur for the next week hmm. as always we offer this humbly with all our love and gratitude at the lotus feet of our dear swami who we firmly believe is every moment sitting here and listening being part of the satsang smiling when we talk of his mischief keeping a serious face when we apparently seem to be criticizing him we imagine it that way because that is truth because swami has said what you visualize one day you will materialize with that thank you dear listeners and as always you can write any of your feedback your suggestions your comments we have received a few based on the previous satsang we will be responding to it soon any new suggestions or feedback you can write to us at listener@radiosai.org with that thank you jai sai ram sai ram you just heard an episode of a radio series afternoon satsang this is a discussion between radio sai's prem and arvind on different spiritual topics and the topic of today's episode was satyam shivam sundaram the life story of bhagwan sri satya sai baba this was first featured as part of radio sai's thursday live at 12:30 pm on september 19th 2013 we hope you enjoyed it your comments and suggestions are very important to us please mail them to listener@radiosai.org Next week same day same time will be the continuation of today's episode stay tuned thank you and loving sairam from prashant nilayam